Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is a caller being extremely kind. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, maybe you can use this for the promo for your live show on Friday, but how come when you mention all the live shows, you never mention the Chicago show? I got my tickets way back when the Patreon presale went on sale, and you have a lot of Chicago hooligans here who love you guys and i'm sure some may not know about the show so yeah please don't forget about chicago grateful for sure now bye maybe the reason we aren't mentioning chicago first because i'm not worried about chicago selling tickets <laughs> i'd never forget about luminalities 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 we've had some of our best shows in chicago if i recall those were great shows yeah, those were great shows. I had a really good egg salad sandwich in Chicago also, which was really Did fun. Did you? Where? Was that I there? That place that Fran took us. Yeah, she took us to that coffee shop that had good egg salad. Oh, my God. And then we sat Only at the bar of the coffee shop. good egg salad at, in Chicago. And we talked to like... the owner about how good the egg salad was. We had good deep dish pizza, too. We got a good deep dish after the show, which meant we didn't get our deep dish until like midnight. Because oh, that was amazing. Because the deep amazing. dish takes like 90 minutes to cook. Didn't we like eat it in the hotel too? We like, ate it in the I, hotel. Yeah, that was we ate sick. it in the hotel. <laughs> we watched like HDTV on the bed. I love Chicago and I can't wait to eat deep dish pizza again. Maybe I'll have a hot dog this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Either way, I love Chicago and I hope all the Chicago hooligans are coming to our show. I think we're like, we're playing like a bigger venue too. So we should be able to get everyone in there. The Park West. Woo woo. The Park West. 
But then all of our other shows, too. Please buy tickets to them. It's coming up fast, and I'm a little anxious. It's going to be really fun. I think um, I might have stage fright now. I don't know. I think I developed it over the pandemic. You know who else has stage fright? Who? Sharna. <laughs> Sharna and Brian Austin Green. Well, I heard they got I heard they got kicked off the big show. They got kicked off, and they went right home. But then they were like, well, not really. They added a little detail. What What did I send you? What was the headline? We did not storm off. It's we like, did not. you have to say that you did. <laughs> it was, wait, where did it go? Oh, I have a horrible Brittany Murphy lost story it. open. Sharna Burgess and Brian Austin Green, colon, we didn't, quote, storm out of Dancing with the Stars. Wow, not grateful for Sharna. Sharna's not grateful for Dancing with the Stars, more like. Not so grateful for Sharna. Crunch, crunch. You click because I love that Us Weekly has two versions of the headline. They have the like the shorter headline and then they have the full headline when you click. Sharna Burgess, Brian Austin Green clarify why they didn't do post Dancing with the Stars elimination interviews. <gasps> they said there were Zoom problems. They said there were Zoom yeah, problems. Yeah, right. Fuck that. They said, fuck that. We're out of here. Sharna said, I just wanted to clean something up real quick. Clean something up real quick. Clean something up real quick because I think this is said in a couple of press releases. Clean or clear? She says clean. We didn't leave (laughs) before the press started. We did wait a good 30 minutes on the Zoom link green room waiting room for everyone to do press, but nothing came through to us. Apparently there was a big mix up with Zoom links last night and then we had to go Uh to the people that were getting us out of wigs and makeup. There Uh were people waiting for us to do that. And then green says, so we weren't like, salty and wanting to fucking storm out of there and then burgess goes no one is salty everyone in the competition is absolutely amazing and we are deeply grateful for our time on it they're so mad they got kicked off they said literally who do i have to fuck to get further in dancing with the stars and the answer was not each other <laughs> the answer was melora harden and she'd still win melora harden it was never a joke to me i voted for her almost every single week i don't watch but i still managed to somehow figure out how to vote mm-hmm. but she earned a top score this week. She earned a higher score than JoJo this week. And I think she's going to go all the way. And I'm and now I'm no longer joking. I'm very serious. Well, when I said it, I was not joking either. I was always convinced that of Melora's supremacy. She sang it too. She danced to her own singing. She's a legend. The quick step. I just, the quick yep. step. But she sang like the villain song or whatever that she danced to and then danced to it. How often does Dancing with the Stars do this? Because I clicked it. It was like, you got to watch Melora. Melora's amazing. So I clicked the links that people tell me to click. And I'm watching her. And I was like, wait a second. Is this the Jungle Book? And then the camera zooms out. And then yes. you see that behind them, the Jungle Book is playing. And they're singing, I want to be like you. It was Disney. They do Disney themes. ABC. They do themes. So they though. all did a Disney that day? Yeah. And then they did like a villain theme. Oh, the well, she was great. I, yeah. She's the hero the best part book. about Dancing with the Stars in terms of how I feel about it is that the clips go on YouTube about 30 minutes after they air, if not <laughs> yeah. sooner. I never want to watch that show, but I could just be like at my leisure on a Thursday night. The show, I'm never going to turn it on, but I would watch like the dances if yeah, they the just appear like on YouTube. Seconds. Yeah. It's cr- I mean, it's just like that's that's incredible to me. You'd think that that would be a standard, but it's not, is what I guess I, I'm saying. Here is the problem with the YouTube versions, though. This happens uh, at the end of all of them because I watched a few of them this morning. Oh, I know. Tyra's like, nah, 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 nah. Why, thank you for watching. And if you liked that Dancing with the yeah. Stars video, do not forget to subscribe. Like, no, seriously, though. Like, subscribe for real. She reminds me of us trying to sell tickets to our live shows. I know. <laughs> She's like, thanks for listening to the show, but come see us in Detroit. <laughs> Hi, this doesn't matter at all, and you're gonna not care. But I paused 
the pod literally in the last five seconds when you're talking about Beyond Burger and Impossible Burger because my girlfriend is in grad school for food science, specifically working on plant protein, and so like grilling weird little growth compounds of pea protein to try to make burgers, right? And so I actually know that Impossible Burgers are soy-based, whereas Beyond Meat is pea and muffin protein. And our, like, science system is a lot more comfortable with soy because we've been doing it for a long time. So that's why the texture is better with Impossible Burgers because, like, they know how to navigate it. Whereas, like, they're still trying to figure out how to make pea-based protein work effectively in that method. Um, and so the texture's not as good. But it's better technically all around because so many people have soy allergies. So anyway, you don't care. I don't care. But my girlfriend cares because that's what's going to make us money. Thanks. Nothing more Who Weekly than my girlfriend is a food scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more Who Weekly than you don't care about this and won't play it, but my girlfriend is a food scientist and here's some information to make us play your call. (laughs) So you talked about a lot of celebrities last week, but I'm focused on the fake meat because of my girlfriend's job. Here's the thing. Impossible burgers are soy-based and Beyond Burgers are pea protein-based. That's good. So they're saying, you know, if you have a soy allergy... There's one that's the obvious and clear answer, but if you don't, then the better texture, it, more realistic texture, depending if you're going for texture. I got to say, I'm never like going for the texture maybe, but I know I know that's like the sticking point. Anyways, thank you for calling. Good to know. Love to learn. Thanks to your food scientist girlfriend. You know what food scientists I always think of when what? I think of food scientists? Like it comes in my brain. I don't know. So I'm picturing this person's girlfriend as looking like Greg Kinnear. Because remember the book Fast Food Nation? Did you see the movie, the Richard Linklater movie that's based on it? No. Greg Kinnear is a food scientist in it. And he's like picking flavors. He's like trying to pick like good flavors that make the fast food taste better. Yeah. So like when I think food scientists, I instantly think Greg Kinnear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I think of? The the Ben and Jerry show and the guy from Ben and Jerry's who's like... Oh, the, oh well, like, there's only there's enough mix-ins in here. Where where's the, the chunks? Crunchy? Where are the, the chunks? chunks? Where are the chunks? And then you it's know, at like, Ben and Jerry's, we really value the chunks. I left medical school because I had a terrible bedside manner, and then I got a job at Ben and Jerry's, and I've had Patrons the same job for twenty-five years. Patrons will know this is years. the this is the reality show on Peacock Discovery, Discovery Plus. Discovery that Plus. is so is is uh, people competing to make the best Ben and Jerry's ice cream or something, which is very funny to me. A mutual friend of ours who will not be named convinced me who likes Discovery Plus to watch a show called Extreme Sisters, and I'm <laughs> very mad at them because I. Watch- <laughs> Because, Wait, what's so extreme about them? Uh, well, first of all, most a couple of them are twins. One of them, it's just they're close. But it's like two of the twins. Wait, are it's Australian different twins. types of twins that are extreme no, in different well, ways. Well, it's not one pair of extreme sisters. It's like they cover multiple sisters, and so multiple sets Ugh. of sisters. So one of them, it's like identical twin sisters in Australia who were thirty-five and they share a boyfriend. And they had, they always wear the exact same clothes and they sleep together and they shower together. That's extreme. And they share a boyfriend. That's extreme. And then there's extreme sisters who, uh, they both live in Atlanta. One of them's married with kids and the other one just lives with them. And the husband's extreme. like, get out of my house. Get out <laughs> of my not house. That's extreme. And then okay. they're both like, our secret dream is to live in Orlando. And so their whole subplot is they want to move to Orlando. I and then, and then the this other the pair lowest. of sisters, the other pair of sisters are these two like Southern sisters who are younger and they're like three years apart. And one of them is married with the baby 
and the other one has a boyfriend, but the other one lives with the married couple and is constantly getting in bed with them. And the husband's like, get out of bed. You are the sister. You Wait, are not I'm my sorry, wife. But this is just the same situation three times. Can we get some like extreme sports or like maybe they both like have the same haircut or something? I need more extremities. Lindsay, that is the slogan for every channel available to you on Discovery Plus, this is the same situation three times. This is the same situation over and over I just feel like you're telling me, over and oh, over it's a show called over. Extreme Sisters and none of them do extreme sports. No one, like, there's nothing extreme about this. There's something uncomfortable about it. The Australian ones wanted to get, like, their teeth redone so that they would have completely matching teeth. And then they <laughs> interview the dentist in Australia and he's like, it's against the board of health for me to operate on a healthy tooth. So I can't, like, remove a healthy tooth. It's it's unethical. There's a little something extreme about them. Extreme sisters. <laughs> Mostly it's the name that really Whoever our funny. mutual friend is who told you to watch this, I'm going to go get them. I've got to go for got to come for them. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. This is a Korean-American hooligan calling in. I had to pause the pod after your little segment on uh, Squid Game and uh, uh, the model, Jung Ho-yeon. And uh, it's actually pretty common for models in Korea to um, foray into acting. Um, Koreans just, they like um, looking at attractive people and having attractive people on film. So um, a lot of uh, models, especially ones who are catalog ones, uh, not so much of the high fashion ones, but the ones who have a little bit more of a commercial look, they usually go into acting pretty easily. Also, if you have a um, social media following, it also makes it easier for agencies to promote you as you you know enter a new field. So models go into acting, a lot of uh, idols, will uh, transition to acting, um, and there are some models who also transition into um, what they call variety shows or entertainment work, which is like hosting, not really comedy, but just kind of, you know, general being on TV. And uh, uh, Jung Ho-yeon's boyfriend is a pretty respected actor, um, well-known enough, uh, recognizable actor, so it's not totally, uh, you know, out of the blue that she went to acting. She's she's been around that industry for quite a while. So just want to clarify that and uh crunch crunch. Right. I think we have the same pipeline, it's just maybe not as pronounced. And like, of course people want to look at hot people. Because you always see like, oh Ashton Kutcher, what did he do first? Well he modeled for Abercrombie. But it wasn't like <laughs> necessarily he was a model, but he did model for Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't put emphasis on being a model and doing going into acting from that. But oh, that was a side job that I had before I like got cast on the set that 70s show or something. It was very easy for me to find lists of like my top 10 K-drama actors that started as models, like my favorite Korean actors who used to be fashion models. And it's like there are a lot of lists that chronicle these people because there seem to be a lot of them. But a lot of them I'm scrolling through, there's not a lot of overlap too. So Between what and what? No, between like the list because there are so many people to whom this happens. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of actors. I mean, it makes sense that like hot people would get an opportunity to act faster than, you know, just an army. I feel like you're probably going to get a lot of calls about this, but it's worth reporting. Um, the Vulture, New York Magazine's Vulture just posted a story about how Beanie Feldstein was on Andy Cohen's podcast and said about Leah Michelle, quote, I don't know the woman whatsoever, end quote. Do you think, like, I just like to be a fly on the wall of Leah Michelle's home 
when she hears this news is that's all I want from all of us in our lives. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what kind of havoc do we think she's wreaking right now on a poor assistant who had to tell her this, that Beanie Feldstein doesn't know who she is? Um, grateful for Sharna. Thank you. Bye. Okay, I want to play the clip itself because I do feel like we need to hear the context of this beanie moment, this this Mariah Carey ex beanie moment. By the way, you got that part and Leah Michelle started trending on Twitter because everyone knew that she wanted the part. Have you like has there been any correspondence between you guys yet? There will be at some point. I didn't know that any of this was happening, by the way. And, and, and all of a sudden people started explaining it to me and I was like, wait, what? I don't, I don't even under, like, I don't follow any, I don't understand. I didn't understand. But, um, she very sweetly wrote on my, uh, Instagram. I don't know the woman whatsoever, but. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good. Well, I love this. That's a good, that's a happy story that she wrote on your Instagram. Okay, okay, okay. In context, it's completely different. Oh, now I feel bad for both parties because you know what's happening here? As much as I don't love Leah Michelle, this is like pivoted as mean for when there are genuine reasons to dislike Leah Michelle. This one is kind of like very mean spirited. And Mm -hmm. then Beanie Feldstein, who's literally like, I don't know what you're talking about, which by the way, I don't believe because Beanie Feldstein is gay and definitely watched Glee and let's not even get into it. Beanie Feldstein knows what Glee is and knows the context of Leah Michelle. I think that Beanie's being a really good liar here. (laughs) She is. She's a good actress. But you know what's other what's also funny is um, you know who else is in the interview with her? Sarah Paulson. And you see Sarah Paulson knows exactly what's being talked about. Like her face is like, oh, she's like cringing. Of course, Mrs. Ryan Murphy herself. Of course, she's following this news. The thing with Leah Michelle is like, this is now the like millionth time that Leah Michelle has been set up where somebody says to her and actually guess who guess who asked her back in X year if she would want to play this role? Andy Cohen. The same person who's now asking Beanie Feldstein about it, Andy Cohen. He has now set this up. I mean, he probably had no idea, but he set this up to be this way. Mm-hmm. Devious. Very devious. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, now there's a this Wicked movie is finally getting made. And so I well, feel like Leah's not going to get that. And then, no, and then it's just going to be another cycle of this. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Because Leah Michelle is a good villain, right? The stuff that she did to her castmates was pretty terrible. So it's easy yeah. to be. Brutal. It's easy to, to dislike her. But. She's so passive now and like behind the scenes that like it's not satisfying to see all the pylons because like she's not reacting to any of them. If anything, she's just moving on with her life being like, I love my husband's Andy and I love my baby. So it's like it's like not working. Yeah, but the, you know? the villain of Leah Michelle and honestly the villain of Rachel from Glee, like that kind of like thing, that's never going to necessarily die mm-hmm. because even like when Jane Lynch got cast in this, so it's a Beanie Felstein is doing a the funny girl, funny girl on Broadway, which is a perfect cast. I mean, just a great a great idea, a great idea. And a Jane Lynch joined a.k.a. Sue Sylvester, Sue Sylvester joined the cast. And of course, that connection, somebody tweeted, this is Alyssa Denton on Twitter, the fact that Jane Lynch is going to be in Funny Girl on Broadway and not Leah Michelle is an unlocked Sue Sylvester villain arc that I'm living for. And <laughs> this person is, this is so cr- funny. The ugly episode it's literally, would be I'm about going to create an environment Sue, that is so toxic. 
Right. Like the, the idea that Sue would be cast in a Broadway musical that like Rachel was going for is exactly the kind of thing that would happen on Glee. You know whose mm. fault this really is? Ryan Murphy. It's Ryan <laughs> like, Murphy's fault. Let's really blame who needs to be blamed here for this. Leah Michelle just reeks of the type of person who was promised the world from the time she was like an embryo. Totally, and was totally. given so many things that she wanted for so long. So that when she stopped getting them, I think it completely threw her for a loop and like made all of the most monstrous parts of her personality like jump out. So just to put the beanie quote back into context, she's basically they were they were saying, oh, you know, Lee Michelle was trending and she was like, oh, I don't even know why that would be the case. I I don't know her. So I don't know why it would be trending. But she left this a very nice note on my Instagram. So yeah. it's like it's not like, oh, I don't know her in the very Mariah Carey sense. It's like. I wouldn't know why she would trend next to me because I don't know her, meaning Mm -hmm. the story is not part of my story. And actually, if she wasn't aware of the whole Glee thing, of the whole whatever thing, she wouldn't know why uh, she would be trending. But these two girls have worked in theater for their whole lives. Beanie Feldstein is aware of Leah Michelle. This is that to me is ridiculous to say that she's not. She went to Stage Door Manor. That's the key to this. Which is where all those theater kids went. Because isn't Stage Door the thing that that movie Camp is based on? Yes. Yep. Leah Michelle also went to Stage Door, and so yeah. did Natalie Portman, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, they're ten so years it. apart, but they definitely have the same origin story in terms of doing this like theater camp. Thing. I guess what we're trying to say and when we're saying the same thing is that there's no way that Beanie Feldstein isn't aware of Leah Michelle, right? I mean, yeah. are you kidding yeah. me? And the other thing that cracks me up about them is that Leah Michelle is the old school way that actors change their very Jewish sounding last names to sound not Jewish. Beanie Feldstein is the modern day version of that where you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny to me. Jonah mm-hmm. Hill, even her brother kind of did it. And she's like, fuck that. I'm going to have the most Jewish name ever. And you know what the other most Jewish name other is uh, ever is also? Fanny hmm. Bryce, <laughs> who, is the, <laughs> who is the lead. In, who's, who's do you know what I mean? Playing. Like, I just find it very interesting that there's like this culture of like changing your Jewish, your very Jewish last name as an actor or performer to be like your middle name or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now you have somebody who's like kind of blowing up who is named Beanie Feldstein, mm-hmm. which sounds literally sounds like the name of a Catskills comedian. I mean, it cannot <laughs> sound more Jewish. It sounds like no. there. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. really is a fascinating And everything about switch. it must be uh, irritating Leah Michelle, But Leah Michelle That's has what to I'm like. Saying. Leah Michelle has to like stay calm. You're telling me this this bitch named Beanie Feldstein is coming in to take my dream role? Like, of course she's mad. I actually would yeah. argue that the months and months of meditation work that and therapy that Leah Michelle has done over the past few years melted away when this news appeared on Twitter. You can understand Leah Michelle's like inner trauma watching <laughs> yeah, Beanie Feldstein I just do know. everything differently and get everything right. You're so right. Next call. And she didn't even go to theater school. She didn't even go to fucking theater school. She went to fucking Wesleyan. We got new boots, and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. And let me tell you the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots. 
huge on the line dancing floor that's amazing oh yeah so you can really smack the floor and swing around you need cowboy boots yeah i didn't get cowboy boots i got chelsea boots but they're great they're brown oh my god i can't wait to see them they're just i like taking them on and off they're so lovely they're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm-hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crop. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone it'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta she be likes careful. photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Lindsay, Bobby, uh, medium time, kind of first-ish time. Um, can you please talk about Emily Mariko, the TikTok salmon girl? Because obviously she's a who. She's definitely not a them. But, like, is she on her way to them dumb? And if in ranking of her and the salmon bowl, is also the salmon bowl also a who? Or is the salmon bowl a them? Okay, this call kind of made no sense, but. You, you get it. Okay. Scarjo pizza rolls. Lindsay podcaster. Crunch, crunch. I'm sorry, but if your call ends with you saying, not sure this made sense, it means that the person you're calling about doesn't deserve to be called about. Like, I don't even want to spend time on this, but it is absolutely hysterical that 
the latest TikTok trend, and arguably one of the biggest TikTok trends of the past year, is a pretty girl reheating rice with an ice cube. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know people are so it. mad because they're like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the food trend that blows. I mean, there's so much food on TikTok, and a lot of it is good, and a lot of it is bad. The last time we saw a food trend that was anything that was beyond was that like feta pasta. Coffee. Oh, the feta pasta, right. That <laughs> the was the feta pasta. pasta. Which was good. It's just interesting because TikTok, the ecosystem of TikTok is going to have the same issues as like everywhere else where you mm-hmm. have like this beautiful woman like making essentially what is leftover salmon. Like I don't <laughs> and Evan, but it's but it's not about what the food is itself. It's about like the meditative way that she, I guess, does it that then leads to like this weird obsession where it looks so easy to do and then people do it. And it's obviously very satisfying. And then like there is like a soothing element to watching somebody go about their like chore like mm-hmm. okay people will watch stuff Especially that's just like somebody cleaning their nice house kitchen. or like organizing their pens or whatever i'm just saying like it, it, it's definitely a thing i don't think mm-hmm. it's the thing but it is a thing and we, we should just describe <sighs> the video is so stupid it's just video- like a, a girl like takes some leftover salmon like she puts no, it on she some takes rice. some rice, leftover rice. rice. She puts she an ice cube on it. She puts some paper on it. That's an important she part. She puts it in the microwave. That down. She puts it in the microwave. She steams the rice with the microwave. She steams the rice again. She takes off the cube. She takes the cube. I'm already like, cut this. Then she's puts like, on okay, the salmon. The salmon. Then she puts then she's on like, QP mayonnaise. mayo. The crowd goes, this is incredible. Oh, and then she eats it with um little seaweed pieces. Everyone goes, this woman is a legend. A fucking legend and a genius. It's like, How? this woman How? reheated rice in a microwave and added hot sauce. Like, I, <laughs> it, I'm i sure it's good. I haven't done it yet. But, like, it's mind-blowing to me that this simple, simple recipe with very, very common things is so rapturously received. Maybe that's the, that's the thing, though. It's rice. It's fucking right. How many billions of people reheat rice every day? <laughs> But Emily's careful blending of recipes, organization tips, and attainable and unassuming luxury, (laughs) along with ear-tingling ASMR. Okay, that is not what I See, that drives me crazy. Have made her a lifestyle star of new proportions for TikTok. Her content has exploded on the platform in a truly mind-blowing way. That's the thing, though. All of every time I see a viral TikTok, I'm like, wow, this is pretty big. This is a big one. (laughs) They're all big. (laughs) They're all big. This has like 35 million views. The only thing, the most interesting thing about this woman, Emily Mariko, is you think she's this random person on TikTok making rice, but this girl's been honing this technique for years. She's literally yeah. a YouTuber. She's a YouTuber first. She's a fashion stylist, lifestyle influencer YouTuber who's shifted to the TikTok platform, did not abandon YouTube. She still YouTubes. Now she's just an influencer. I'm just saying, don't let her, don't let her fool you. Don't let her fool you into thinking she's some random, casual person. This is an orchestrated rice when you making <laughs> technique when you google her you will get like really nasty um like data loungy reddit threads from when she was simply a style influencer on youtube a few years ago and people are uh-huh. like i don't get why this woman is so popular she's so basic to me Wait, so it's that's like, funny because that's the same shit people are saying on her TikTok. exactly she has been famous enough to be receiving the like backlash where people are like I don't get why this woman is so famous. To me, I Here's think she's why, You basic. know why I think she's famous? She majored in neuroscience at Columbia. 
Oh, she's fucking with our heads. Yes. Uh, yes. Her most watched YouTube recording became 2019's Five Types of Underwear Every Girl Needs. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> five how many types? people? How many people watch five? five 800,000. It's not even that many. Emma Chamberlain like smushes that number with her pinky toe. It's not even that much. Did you see Emma, Emma Chamberlain was on the cover of Forbes? I thought it was a lie. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait on what? The f- Wait, what? She was? Doing what? Saying what? Being like, I'm rich. Wait, Emma Chamberlain <laughs> Forbes. Forbes. Emma Chamberlain on the cover of Forbes. You didn't see this? No. I was like, am I being pranked? Hold on. She's like in businesswoman's chic, like in is Paris. She, really? That The story is just, I'm rich? It was Forbes France. Oh, you didn't see it was Forbes France? That changes the game. Well, that's the thing. I've only seen the photos. Let me see. Well, it's probably in French. You probably can barely read it. I subscribe to Forbes for the photos, uh, unlike a lot of people. So I, I didn't do any reading. Wait, like, what's the article even? I, we can't even read it. It's like, bonjour, Emma Chamberlain's rich. I know she does Louis Vuitton ads. A lot of Louis Vuitton. Oh, here we go. Emma Chamberlain. Let's see if you can understand and translate this French from your middle school French. Sorry, your uh, high, high school, school French. And uh, college French until my French professor said, don't take this class anymore. Okay. Get it right. Say, say la nouvelle influenceuse incontournable des réseaux sociaux. Actually, I think I got it. Here's the new influencer, influenceuse, incontournable. I don't know that word. Incontournable. Uncontrollable on social media. Uncontrolled on social media or something. And then she has a quote and she says, J'ai réalisé que pour mon amour pour la création était plus fort que mon doute. So she said, I realize that my love for creating plus working hard or something. Mon doute. What's mon doute? My life? Uh, mon mon doute is doubts. Oh. Doubt? I think. Doubt? Doute? Doute? Oh, despite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Despite, despite my doubt. Despite my doubt. So like, like I've realized that my – I real, I've found my love of – creating even though it's hard despite my because of my doubting because i've doubted myself god i'm like mm-hmm. my career of a french translator is over <laughs> finished because tiktok is like the there's the platform du jour to use more mm-hmm. french the platform french. of Francais? yeah thank oh. you uh, platform du jour um just because tiktok is a platform du jour something on tiktok that's actually not even as viral as something on youtube will like be making the rounds as being talked about and whatever but you go on youtube and it's everyone's getting hot you know there's there's so many of of emily mariko's right like there's yeah. even emily mariko herself so it's just it's funny how it probably does make a lot of the YouTube influencers mad because something that's not even that viral is what they're doing every single day is like going yeah. crazy on TikTok and is being talked about. It's just a, yeah. it's just like the shift of the of the culture and what we're like paying attention to, you know? Even just to get down to brass tacks, like these videos are so short. They're so easy it's so easy for TikToks to go viral because you can watch this thing in 30 seconds and you'll be sure. done. And the parodies of the video and the responses to the video and the remakes of the video are just also as funny short. as the original. And it's and so much just easier short. to spread. Right. No, yeah, they're just I mean, as short. You're right. So meanwhile, I have to watch 20 work from home online classes outfits from Emily Mariko. That is 22 minutes long, you know? Right. Remember watching that? Bobby, her, her video for five types of underwear every girl needs real talk got 1.9 million views. <laughs> That's a lot. What are the five types of underwear every girl needs? I'm not watching 16 minutes of this to tell you that. I don't know. What could the five types possibly be? Oh, actually, I do. Okay. Uh, Bikini, boy shorts, bikini, thong, 
Uh, that's it. That's, that's not four. Five, but... <laughs> bikini Borshoitz, bikini thong. That's only three. That's not what. That's not what matters. What matters to me is the uh, way that sure? because sure it's not what matters <laughs> because she is a TikTok star now. The tick the the TikToker du jour. Let's keep doing this. <laughs> TikToker du jour. She's getting coverage like this in Just Jared. TikTok star Emily Mariko and boyfriend Matt Ricard are engaged. Okay, <laughs> Emily Mariko is engaged. The 29-year-old TikTok star, comma, best known f- most recently for a viral video preparing a salmon and rice dish with an ice cube, no. shared some sweet footage of her software engineer boyfriend, Matt Rickard, po- proposing to her on Saturday, October 9th, on the social media platform. So he's like a software developer who used to work at the Blackstone Group. So yeah, this guy's loaded. You knew. And you knew. She went to Columbia and studied neuroscience. Uh, yeah, like, right, whatever. right, right, right. Yeah, great, 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 great. I'm great. bored. He went, to Col- he went to Columbia too. All right. This is so boring. When people say, wow, it's funny to see who rises to the top of what people are talking about. It really is sad to see. Today's video is on types of underwear that every girl needs in her life. I did a video like this on bras and you guys found it super helpful. It was my mom's idea to do another one on underwear. So let's go through them. Hi. Long time, second time. Who is Christella? She's doing what? What is she doing? She's doing Legends of the Hitting Temple. Bye. Crunch, crunch. That call is so funny to me. <laughs> How did this come up? <laughs> Where are you? Who's who's feeding you I know. Are you out and about? <laughs> <laughs> They're clearly out and about. They're clearly out and quite about. <laughs> like, extremely about. <laughs> I Stopping your, like, fun night to call about Christella doing Legends of the Hidden Temple. You didn't even know that Christella was doing Legends of the Hidden Temple. You were just like, who is this woman? And wait, what's the show she's doing? Waits for a friend to answer. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Bye. <laughs> you sound like you have no idea what any of the pieces of this equation are. <laughs> well, you're really, like, going in on the caller. The call is just so funny to me. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple? Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christella is hosting the grown-up version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Again, blind spot. I Did you watch that growing up? I didn't have Nickelodeon. Um. Yeah, everyone did. I didn't have Nickelodeon ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't have Nickelodeon. <laughs> I didn't have Nickelodeon. Not I didn't have Nickelodeon ass. Where, where'd you grow up? Little House on the Prairie? Oh, sorry. That wasn't, was that on Nickelodeon? <laughs> no, Lindsay, that's the channel I did have access to. While you were out here watching Legends of the Hidden Temple, I was just watching Little House on the Prairie again because it was the only thing that was on. <laughs> you don't know about the Silver Snakes? No. Different team names, the Green Monkeys or whatever? No. I had to piece all of these things together later on in life. I will say this is weird because this reboot is for adults. It's millennials. Right, but it's just it's it's just pure. Pr- they've fully given up on the idea. Like, so they're like, if we reboot Legends of the Hidden Temple, it's a nostalgic play for millennials. But like, that means we have to do it for adults because they're now adults, not children, and we can't have mm-hmm. children do this anymore because <laughs> children don't care about this and it means nothing to them. Mm-hmm. We have no faith in the actual show itself. We only have faith in the memory of the show that people mm-hmm. who are millennials now. Um, remember being very good, so we have to reboot. It's just a very cynical, to me, very very cynical strategy, mm-hmm. and I don't love. I don't love it. I gotta say, it takes a lot of joy away. It also reminds me of 
the success of that or the brief success of that what was that netflix show that everyone watched for one weekend which is this thing about most netflix shows one weekend it's like the floor oh the floor is lava floor is lava oh yeah Where it's like adults doing very like childish um obstacle courses in very like discovery zone environments right very absurd it's just very absur- absurdist it seems like that was a direct precursor to this happening. Like, they were like, oh, people are into yeah, this. And like, wipe out and stuff like that. Listen to this quote from her. With adults, we can make it more challenging. They can get dirtier. And that's what's fun. Because as grown-ups, we don't get the chance to get dirty as much as we should, she told NBC News. As a this is Grisella. We don't have challenges where we're climbing rocks. Uh, we have stuff that's like, look, you need to fill this bucket of lava. Hold it on your head. And we're just going to go, is that cool? Um, it allows people to have fun, but also lets kids watch and think, hey, I can do that as an adult. Um, what? I don't have to stop being a kid ever. What? Yes, you do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes, you do. Well, also, I don't want the kid to put the lava on his head. This seems dangerous. <laughs> we last talked about Cristela Alonso because remember there was a Hollywood Reporter story that was like Lena Dunham was 23 when she said when she sold girls to HBO with a page and a yeah, half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christelle has been rightfully pissed about the cancellation of her show for years For a long now, time. Obviously, yes. yeah. And when this happened, she was like, I got paid $0 for my sitcom pilot when I sold my show. My white partner got three times more money than me and an overall deal. I still, I will never know what an overall deal means. I was not ready to get one. The name of my Don't show call was Christella. Do not call and tell me what an overall deal was. Do not call and tell me what a first look deal is. I never want to know. I also offered to shoot the show in English and Spanish. I wasn't the highest person paid on it. So like, that's the last time she got a lot of a national attention because she was calling out all this inequality and bullshit that's ha- that goes on like in her industry. And beyond this, like the legends of the Hidden Temple hosting gig, she recently wrote a memoir and she does a lot of voice work. I was looking through her INDB credits and it's like a ton of voice work, which seems like a great job if you can get it. And she seems to get a lot of it, which comedians tend to get. And this was last year, last summer, but she had, I mean, when her show was canceled, she was not silent. She said, this is fucked up. This show had an audience. I don't understand why this would be the case. She was a star. She she was one of the executive producers. This happens all the time to to people who sell their shows and then they complain about it because it's like it's so deeply unfair it's the network airing the show and then moving it around so no one can watch it and then they say uh-huh. well no one watched it and then yeah. Christella, like so many other people have said it's like yeah they didn't know when to watch it because you kept right. putting it on at different times right. or canceling it and then she was rumored to be joining the view which was a weird this was a for briefly in 2015 i didn't know about this the, they were like she's gonna join the view and, re- and replace rosie perez when rosie left uh the the view mm-hmm. and uh she was like no <laughs> she was like no i'm not like i'm taking a hiatus like i'm sick of this shit she says i don't want to work with this network anymore because this was right. all abc which is also why I'm like a little sad because I'm like, she's coming back to TV and it's the fucking mm-hmm. Legends of Hidden Temple reboot. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, take the money. I hope it's a lot. Yeah. What network is this on? Uh, it's on the CW. But yeah, Cristela had been filling in for people on The View. And so she was like kind she was good of primed to do it. And they were like, we want to hire you. And she was like, fuck off. <laughs> Which is a little amazing. That's a really... I mean, throwing around the word brave <laughs> to people all the time, like a lot of people in Hollywood can walk the walk, can talk the talk, but they don't necessarily walk the walk. And her being like, fuck off, like fuck off and die is like, <laughs> what is that? Clive Owen and Closer, fuck off and die is kind of cool. Like it's a little badass. Mm-hmm. Also, think of just the pressure of of a, being on a show that you 
created and wrote and you star in it. It's named after you. I just, I can't even imagine. And that show flops. Like, I can't even imagine the kind of it's like emotional Whitney. toll that would take on you. I mean, Whitney It's like Cummings, Whitney, but she's like unlikable. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying like, it's just very... It's you very. It's very laying it all on the line. It's very Mulaney too. I mean, it's just it's you're really laying it all on the line, and this you have to be ready to receive all of it, right? Yeah. Not pieces of it, all of it. And so I think there are many reasons why this is fucked up. But it's just interesting of her coming, of, of her appearing back in my conscious as the host of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um. Hi, Who Weekly. I just learned that uh, Tyrese. Well, I just learned Tyrese has a girlfriend named Zelly. Timothy, um, and this headline is amazing. It says, Tyrese and his girlfriend, Zelly Timothy, admits they faked a breakup to gain YouTube subscribers. Um, so I have never heard of anything more fully in my life. Um, and Tyrese even said, we did it for the gram. Um, so that's very corny. And uh, I love... So Tyrese, is, he announced the breakup first on Instagram. He said, we had so much potential. We really did. I wish you well. Ending on a good note is a good thing. Link in bio. <laughs> it goes to our YouTube page. <laughs> I will forever love you, Zelly Tim- Timothy. Cheers to you. And then uh, she said, you can't force a man to respect you, but can you can refuse to not be disrespected, said by unknown Lincoln bio. I wish the very best for you. I hope you figure it out. Um, so then they got back together and Tyrese said, uh, yeah, we did it to get um, YouTube followers. Um, and she now has around 8,000 YouTube followers. So I'm it's pretty embarrassing. That's a low number. And then the last thing is someone left a comment saying, imagine being in your... <laughs> Imagine being in your 40s, letting a young fling use you to get views on her YouTube channel. You are Tyrese, in case you forgot. Since you have so much time on your hands, go back to singing. <laughs> and someone said, he's quitting. I'm about to unfollow him. I'm tired of the childish antics, honestly. So anyway, this is very funny. Um, crunch, crunch. I think he's like truly one of the bigger who's that we, because we end up talking about him so much. But, like, we almost don't recognize him as, like, who canon. But I think he, like, he's, like, the Tory spelling of his. Like, the only thing he has going for him that's, like, above other who's is, like, Fast and Furious that he gets to be in. He's, like, Spencer Pratt with a better movie deal or something. Yeah, truly, truly. He's a troll. He's just, like, so strange on the internet. I know. It's true. It's true. (laughs) It's true. So what did he do? Can you explain this? Like, the the caller kind of started explaining. But, like, what happened? Basically, they did a very elaborate breakup, Tyrese and his girlfriend, Zelly Timothy. They each posted like breakup videos. They posted really sad sob stories that like. Wait, but they posted in their Instagrams. In their Instagrams that they, they were posted, breaking up. We're breaking up Lincoln bio. <laughs> Tyrese said, we had so much potential. We really did. I wish you well. Ending on a good note is a good thing. Lincoln bio. I will forever <laughs> love you at Zelly Timothy. Cheers to you. And then Zelly publishes on her own Instagram, you can't force a man to respect you, but Stop. you can refuse to not be disrespected. Unknown. That's like the quote, Lincoln bio. I wish the very best for you. I Wait, hope she you put a quote from unknown? She unknown. put a quote from unknown. It's like Lincoln ancient bio. proverb, ancient proverb. <laughs> yeah, <truly. laughs> um, No. 
everything says link in bio in it. And where does the link in bio lead to? A YouTube channel. A brand new YouTube channel. A YouTube channel that doesn't really have that many subscribers. So after this happens, weeks pass, and they're like, just kidding. We actually didn't break out up at all. We just <gasps> wanted attention for breaking up so that we could get attention on Zelly's YouTube channel. And he admitted it? They admitted it? They were just like, we're actually still together. Yes. We just lied. <gasps> yes. But another thing that happened around the same time was Tyrese went on Instagram and was like, I just want to let everyone know me and my girlfriend are being extorted. Someone is threatening to leak private videos of the two of us, like aka sex tape, a sex tape or something. Uh-huh. And nothing came of that. And I think that was all around the same that time was also just to get promo. promo for the YouTube channel. They're going to leak the video with all of our private shit in it. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not it, bro. They thought I was scared. They thought we were scared. So we went on and posted. They sent us, hey, you recognize anybody in this clip? We like, yeah. Motherfucker, that's us. The lawyers got involved. We shut it down. Five weeks ago, she posted a photo of herself drinking a coffee and wrote cappuccinos in Bulgaria with my best friend. I think they're filming Fast and Furious. And he commented, love you. Love you. Have to tell them about the new YouTube. Link in your bio. (laughs) (laughs) These two, enough with the YouTube. And then somebody responded, there's no videos on her YouTube channel. But anyway, so the reason we're talking about it today is because he finally admitted in a very long video that it was all a scam, that they just wanted to get subscribers for her YouTube content. He admitted in a video that it was a scam on he his YouTube. He admitted in a YouTube. On his he, YouTube. On his Instagram. First, want to apologize to y'all because Zelly decided, she came up with this idea, like, yo, let's say we broke up. No. <laughs> So who came up with it? <laughs> I, I did not come up with the idea. Yes, you came up with this idea talking about, yo, let's just tell everybody we broke up and then we're going to end up on all the blogs and all the site and it's going to help set up our YouTube. I appreciate that he just instantly was like, yeah, that was a scam. Sorry, that was a scam. He's really shameless. But who is Ellie Timothy? She's just an influencer. I feel like the last time we talked about this woman, it was because Tyrese was like shaving her bikini line and he posted a video and it was very uncomfortable. Beautiful. No, it's beautiful. It's your man hands. I know we're supposed to be shaving, but I'm thinking about something else. Shaving. (laughs) I was looking up 10 things you don't know about Zelly Timothy. Yeah. And it's a really great mix of we don't know anything about this person and here's what we do know about this person. <laughs> yeah. It goes, one, she is Dominican. Okay. Two, she has an OnlyFans. Three, she is a YouTuber. Four, my favorite, she's a private person. <laughs> no offense, but I don't, she's definitely not a private person, like of all things. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, in light of the absolutely insane uh, Megan Fox. Machine Gun Kelly GQ interview, wondering if you could tell us, Machine Gun Kelly, who are them? Crunch, crunch. All right. We bumped this up to like the main segment because of the profile itself, like kind of really making waves uh, in a big way, which was not surprising, I guess, but, you know, a fun read, a great read, actually. But uh, we did have a little argument over whether they are who are them. That's kind of the thing. I do think Megan Fox might become a them again, but was a who, like only she was a, a them, not then she long was a ago. Who. Yeah, she was yeah. a them, then she was a who, 
And I guess she's almost a them again. Machine Gun Kelly was a who and is arguably a them now. I'm not sh- quite uh, sure how I feel. Maybe But as a couple, they're kind of hooey, right? As a couple, they're hooey because as a couple, there's a thirst there. There's a palpable thirst there. There's an almost desperation that is hard to miss and is a little uncomfortable and embarrassing because sometimes when you see them, you're like, these two want attention so badly. Well, also just they're so self-aware about what they're doing. Well, I, yeah. I shout out to Molly Lambert, who wrote the profile for this British uh, Vogue cover. British Vogue? British GQ. British GQ. No, it's not British GQ. I'm like, it's, I'm like it wasn't Vogue. It was GQ. Mm-hmm. British GQ covered. Molly Lambert wrote the profile. She's a friend of mine. She's amazing. This profile is really fun to read. And you can tell they gave her a lot. And I think that's why it's, it's a delight as well yeah. as Molly just being great at this. And I asked her for some behind the scenes from it all. And she gave me some good stuff because I was like, what's the deal with them? Like, what's the thing that you got from them that people like wouldn't really understand? And she's like, they're super self-aware. I don't know how to explain it. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, they know that they're funny. Like, when you're laughing at them saying like, who's like, I am weed, you know, that quote or like, we breathed on each other for the first time. She said, you smell like weed. And he said, I am weed and disappeared. They're just playing these big roles and taking care of each other. That's what Molly said. She finds it very sweet. She found, I think you'll, when you read their profile, you you see that she found their their romance to be authentic and very sweet. Mm-hmm. But she kind of impl- says that, you know, they, they just like, they're just like self-aware. She's really smart, which I loved because then they did this, um, Honestly, this video for GQ that was like the couples quiz that we've seen before, the one with Sweetie. Yeah. Remember Sweetie and Quavo. Sweetie and well, was that, this format is just real. This format makes people look really cute. But how cute did they look in this? They look so cute together. It's very cute. This format works. It's But it's also cute. funny because he go, there, she goes to him, what's my hidden... Um, like talent, my hidden secret talent or whatever. And he mm-hmm. goes, you're high IQ, which is just a funny answer. And she's like, yeah, I'm smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't know I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> that video broke me. The video broke me. What's my son sign? Your sun is Taurus. Your moon is Pisces. Your rising is Gemini. You have a stellium of planets in Pisces. Your sun is in the 12th house, which is the house that's ruled by Neptune, which is the ruler of Pisces. You're very Piscean and you're very Gemini, very morose and the moods are very intense. But I know the whole chart. Like you can tell that he really likes her and she really likes being liked by him. But then also the flip side is that you can tell that she thinks he's really funny because you really never see her like smile or laugh. But then when she's with him, like she's like cracking up. I guess the thing that I'm kind of working through is the thing that makes it seem kind of hooey. I'm just trying to get justify us even talking about this. And it's like, yes, I think Megan Fox was at one point a them. I think she is currently a who. And she is now trying to, and I think successfully strong arming her way back into themdom, despite not having like a big movie or a big anything else. Like the last movies she was in were flops and didn't even matter. But like her very hooey attempts at becoming a them again are working. Okay. And I think that's really interesting. I would argue, sure. They were everywhere, like on the red carpet, at the Met Gala, like they're forcing their way back into culture, or she is, via him. She definitely In a way is. that you would think is very exclusively self-serving, um, like she's taking advantage of him. But, but then you watch the video and they truly do seem like they're in love. So it's like, was this just an accident? Like, would would the Megan Fox Assange have happened without Machine Gun Kelly? Like, Great question. I don't know. 
Yeah. Like maybe they really, and maybe she realizes that, and that's why she's so even more enamored with him, because she realizes what he's done for her career. The question can't be, oh, is she using him? Oh, is he using her? Because maybe in a way they are, but that just adds to the like power of like their infatuation and love. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it feels so good to be on top. It feels so good for to be back in the game or whatever. And also mm-hmm. this person who's with me, we're down to like do this together and it's fun and funny and weird and glamorous and we're rich mm-hmm. and we love it. So it's like, it's hard to, to separate the kind of like who's using who because like, of course, they're kind of using each other, but that's mm-hmm. part of like the fun of it all, and like and why they're so famous. into each other, yeah. right? You, right. You so have it's to like, be willing to do that if you want to be famous, right? Yeah. I mean, I think like also there's this element of when it was like I we breathed on each other on our first date and like whatever. It's very Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton, wear yeah. the blood vial around the neck, and so it's like this kind of like time proven. Th- thing that they're kind of repeating that they know that people respond to which is this like vaguely witchy vampire obsessive dark badass you know like Machine Gun Kelly is like I'm playing the part of a rock star you know this is like I'm playing this character that's me but also I'm digging in because rock star antics are fun and necessary Mm -hmm. you know yeah and Megan Fox is like I'm happy to oblige and also like Tongue forward PDA is having a moment where it's tongue just like, forward PDA, <laughs> where it's just like I don't know. There's something very vintage about being this horny on Maine or like horny on the red carpet, and it's it stands out. It's fun. Well, ho- love is cringe and horny is cringe, but I think that they know that cringe is like what would get people to, to talk about them. Mm-hmm. We love because, post- because everyone posting this, you know, these I am weed and uh, we breathed on each other and blah, blah, blah. Like uh, when she writes in the comment, the tale of two outcasts and star-crossed lovers caught in the throes of a torrid, solid flare of a romance featuring feverish obsession, guns, addiction, shamans, mm. lots of blood, general mayhem, therapy, tantric night terrors, <laughs> binding rituals, chakra sound baths, psychedelic hallucinations, organic smoothies, and the kind of sex that would make Lucifer clutch his rosary. She knows exactly what she's mm-hmm. doing, putting organic smoothies in that list. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like, you know, oh, you know what couple they sort of they sort of remind me of kind kind of kind of kind of kind of what? kind of where there's like one person who's like much more famous than the other person, but they're both really hot and they take good photos. Lori oh. Harvey and oh, Michael sure. Jordan. Okay, but sure. they're, they're not so a listy. But the yeah. way, but the thing about them, which Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan remind me of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, is that they take good photo, they wear great clothes, they do just enough PDA where you're like, ooh, sexy, but it's like a hand on a shoulder, a hand on a chest, like holding hands, walking through like a, that pic, remember the picture of Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey where there's like that dirty New York City snow behind them. But Michael B. Like Jordan though is a little whatever. bit more guarded than any of these people yeah, though, I'll say. But it's like, I just feel like that to me, that's what I think of when I think about like an A-list romance as like a piece of photographed content and that here are megan fox and machine gun kelly and also courtney kardashian and travis barker being like no 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 no, we're gonna lick each other and that's gonna be our bit like (laughs) that's true it's definitely a flex and it's It's like definitely a, a notable shift the other thing that i think people are not necessarily knowing about these two which i think is a very much benefer related thing which is the she has three kids and he has one and there's almost Mm -hmm. this like I think he's older than you think. She's older than us. She so no, she's thirty five. <laughs> so oh, she's no, our age. She's oops, not. Oops, oops. <laughs> she's our age. 
And Machine Gun Kelly is is so much older than I thought. We have the same birthday. Oh, we have the same birthday. I didn't know really? that. And we're okay. both from Texas. We were both so born in Texas. I think, here, the I same think day. people are because he looks like a child and she looks like he an looks adult. Like I think people think this is this like huge age gap relationship, and he's the baby. They're only four years apart. She just somehow is aged up and he's aged down because I think she feels like she's been our, in our culture for Sexism a lot longer. Yeah. Sexism. And she has three kids and he has one. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. first of all, they're not that far apart in age. So it's just a dynamic that you're sensing that's more about attitude. Um, but also they're like they're both weirdly like more mature than I think you think. So the the idea is like just like Benifer, Ben Affleck, we love and Jennifer Lopez that they're coming back together after all these years. They both have kids. Mm-hmm. They've both learned so much from this. That same with same with Travis and, and Courtney. We're getting mm-hmm. these weird like mature relationships that we love to stand. I think that's like maybe what I'm saying is like it feels like they're adults. We love second acts and we love adults who get to be horny, like adults yeah. who get to be sexy. And I think that that's like freeing and very aspirational to a right. lot of people who might think that whenever you have kids and you're in your 30s, that things get boring. And they're like, no, 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 that's not the case. Megan Fox being our age is the real fucking. Oh, that's the real trip. That's the real reveal. But wait, we have to make this into a who were them thing. So Megan Fox, I think currently right now as recording. Megan Fox is pretty hooey, I guess. I think so, too. I think so, too. But I guess if anyone's of them in the relationship, it's kind of him just because of current relevance. Also, I think his music is popu- really popular. It's hard for me to be objective about him because I'm I know. absolutely unfamiliar. I could not name a single Machine Gun Kelly song. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup, if like I a sound If I played lineup. you some, though, I think you would know. Really? Yeah. But anyway, that's sort of that's my barrier here. Hi. A uh, long time, long time. I apologize because this is probably the stupidest call you will receive um, this week. But um, I was wondering if you could rank the streaming services um, festive categories for Halloween slash October. So first for Hulu, we have Huluween. I like that one. It has a nice ring. Next for Netflix. It's just titled Halloween, straight to the point. And then for Peacock, get ready for this, Peacocktober. So if you could rank those from uh, who to them, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Scarjo Peach Roll, crunch, crunch. Okay, We're, what are we doing? <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I never know. This was, I, I thought of Patrick because... Patrick, uh, our friend who is a known, like, the biggest fan of Peacock is our friend Patrick. He loves Peacock. <laughs> I always forget that about him. Like, that's he not like a defining Peacock. thing. <laughs> he loves Peacock. What is he watching on Peacock that he's so What isn't he with? watching on Peacock, Lindsay? Okay, fine. So, All right. he mentioned something in a text recently that was like, I'll just catch it on Peacocktober. No. And I fully thought he was kidding. I thought he was just making a joke like, oh, Patrick watches a lot of Peacock and there's a lot of horror movies on Peacock. He's calling it Peacocktober to make fun of Halloween. But no, that's what Peacock t- calls their Halloween content. Peacocktober. Peacocktober is hilarious, objectively. But who to them? We have Halloween, Netflix Halloween, and Peacocktober. Netflix Halloween. Can we do Fuck, Mary Kill instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better. I'm killing Netflix Halloween. It's stupid. You hate it. It's boring. It's unoriginal. Try harder. Okay. Also, Netflix is on my shit list. So yeah, they've always yeah, been on your shit they're list. They're killed. Okay. <laughs> they're but killed. Also, try something more creative. Like, how about like you know, try something. I can't even think of something. Dead flicks. I don't know. That's terrible. But you could do better than that. You're a huge company with unlimited resources. Okay. <laughs> Then who am I going to marry? I'm clearly going to marry Huluween. That's buttoned up. She's chic. She makes sense. She's easy to read. 
We get it. The joke is up front. We love it. And I'm definitely going to fuck peacock (laughs) over. And not just because it says cock in the word, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's a very good and very sexy uh, scarification of the word peacock. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking peacocktober for sure. And then after October 31st, we're done. We're done. Okay. Okay. Great. Moving on. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So, Sufjan Stevens dedicated his new album to Jonathan Demi. So, Jonathan Demi, who them? Sufjan Stevens, who them? Sufjan Stevens dedicating his album to Jonathan Demi, who them? Me and Greece. This is a very Bobby topic, to say the least. I... Well, how do you feel about Sufjan dedicating his album to Jonathan Demi? How do I feel about Sufjan Stevens? How do you feel about Sufjan Stevens? His music defined an entire period of my life. He's so important to me, and yet I cannot stand him. I cannot stand him, and I loved his new album also. See, it's very complicated. It's like very much, I can't quit you, you know? Just very much like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very tortured so relationship. So he, he loves Jonathan Demi. There was like a, there was an interview I read. When I found out about this, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And then I Googled and then I, he did an interview with Little White Lies and they were like, the album is dedicated to Jonathan Demi and there's a song on it inspired by Science of the Lambs. Also, the gayest thing in the world is being obsessed with Science of the Lambs. Yeah, so right. That's just fact. <laughs> right. That's if just Sufjan fact. hadn't already come out, it'd be very clear. Yeah, and he hasn't come out. He'll never come out. Like oh, Sufjan Stevens is Sufjan oh. Stevens. Oh, I thought he had. Okay, right. I'm pretty sure Sufjan has never like publicly defined his sexuality, which is totally fine. I just like don't think he has. Okay, but the tubial, the like conversation that was like, is it about God or is it about guys? And like, the answer is it's always been, been about both yeah right it's always been about both i think but he said i knew jonathan a little bit i only met him briefly he'd seen a few of my shows and brought his family what i love about his work is how diverse it is he wasn't afraid of genre he wasn't afraid of remakes he wasn't afraid to try new things every film was different he's so full of wonder and wanting to understand the human condition also he loved he recently watched rachel getting married for the first time and i was like didn't we all for the first time i was just like this is the gayest thing i've ever read in my entire life but it's just so perfectly Sufjan Stevens to be like, I'm making a new album with my friend, this man, who by all accounts is really just a friend, and we're dedicating it to Jonathan Demi. That's queer energy. That's who we energy. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> okay. I'll call dedicating an album to Jonathan Demi, Demi. You're calling it Demi. I'll call it Demi because it rhymes with Demi and that's easy. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay, great. That's great. That's great. I agree. Jonathan Demi, though, who were then Sufjan Stevens, who were them. That's difficult. I think he's a them. You think both of them are thems? Yeah. Because I was going to call them a them and I wasn't sure if I was just being crazy. It's like no, the inverse so. of Machine Gun Kelly. Okay, then they're so. both thems. Then they're both okay. thems. What's your favorite Jonathan Demi movie? Rachel Getting Married. Oh, yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. That's the answer. What's your... Yours is Silence of the Lambs, that's but... Silence of the fucking Lambs. You but that's me? the gay... That's, yeah, that's the gay one. It's one of those movies that was like both harmful to queer people and also like completely worshipped by queer people. I don't know. Like it... I always think about it. I can't think about Sons of the Lambs these days without thinking about a very good Emily Vanderwerf thread about like how it was both bad for tr- the trans community, but is also like a movie to be admired. She does a good job of unpacking the way that things like this can be complicated, but I don't know. I love that movie. And it makes sense that like Sufjan Stevens of all people would be drawn to a director who has this very complex relationship with the queer community. Okay, I'm done. Next call. <laughs> Hi, the Weekly. Long time, long time. Okay, this is kind of embarrassing, but I was just watching Desperate Housewives for the first time ever, and I realized that I've been thinking that Marsha Cross and Marsha Gay Harden 
are the same person for God knows how many years. Um, please help me straighten out who is bigger than Marsha Cross or Marsha Gay Harden. Thank you very much. Crunch, crunch. Marsha Cross, Marsha Gay Harden. I have to say, I also kind of am like, which one's the redhead? That's Marsha Cross. Cross because of Desperate Housewives, which I know you watched very uh, thoroughly, so you are very aware of Marsha Cross. Marsha Gay Harden they is an were Oscar winner around the same times. She yeah, is Marsha- for what? Pollock. Oh. Lindsay, she obviously won for Pollock. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Marsha Gay Harden. Um, I think that Marsha Gay Harden is themier simply because of the Oscar and also because she has like, there's something a little more, I don't know, like statuesque about her. Marsha Cross, I just think of as so like TV, that girl who's in everything, who's been in like every sitcom in the 90s Wait, Marsha Gay Harden is a little bit more like a glitzy, A-listy type vibe. I wouldn't call her A-list, but I think she's no, more of a, of a... Uh, she, yeah, exactly. When Marsha Gay glides on screen in the morning show, you're like, oh! <laughs> you know? You're like, yes. Also, Marsha Gay Harden's name being Marsha Gay Harden, essentially Marsha Gay Hardon is insane. <laughs> Gay Hardon being the two last names that you have is, I'm sorry, just like insane that we that we have to deal with this. Have I never thought about that? The have Halloween of it all. How that? can you ignore that? I'm sorry. Marcia it's a, Gay it's a drag name. Marsha Gay Hardon is How a drag name. How have I name. never thought about that? That's the lowest hanging fruit. Those I, are the lowest hanging balls. I apologize. <laughs> Those are the I lowest hanging balls. Not, I can't Marcia be Gay Hardon. I can't be out here saying Marsha Gay Hardon as less, as if I'm not one letter away from saying Marsha Gay Hardon, you know? Oh, also, there's a thing quite funny about qualifying a Hardon as gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's a gay hard-on. It's yeah, a straight hard-on. It's a funny, it's funny, you know? And for that reason, she's them here. <laughs> okay, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, buy tickets to our live shows at whoweekly.us. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes and more. Um, thank you to Katie and Eric at The Who's for providing our Tuesday read a theme song. Thank you to our research assistant, Timmy, for providing all the help you provide. And thank you for listening to this far. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Marsha Gay hard on. Hi, Lindsay Bobby um, has paused the pod because thank you for talking about Devin Sawa and the impact that he had on all millennials. Uh, as we came of age. Um, I just want to say, Lindsay, you weren't wrong when you said that Devin Sawa says, can I kiss you, to Christina Ricci. It's just that he says that in a different movie, in Now and Then. So in Casper, he says, can I keep you? And in Now and Then, he says, can I kiss you? But he says it really fast. And she's like, what? What did you say? And so then he has to say it over. And for me personally, the can I kiss you was more impactful um, then can I keep you? But I just wanted to let you know. Okay, thanks for talking about Devin Sawa. Let's talk about him more. Crunch, crunch. Love you guys. Down time is a who. Bye. Hi. Um, I literally had to pause the podcast because I'm listening to the segment where you're talking about Christina Ricci marrying Casper and then how hot Casper is and. I don't think I can finish listening to this podcast before I go to work because it's, like, too much. It's too sexy. Um, I'm just going to let you know how much I appreciate uh, this discussion. And um, I feel like 
You guys need like a parental advisory sticker or something because of it. Okay, crunch, crunch, bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm calling because I'm watching the show Made on Netflix with Margaret Qualley, and it was driving me crazy, like literally ruining my night, trying to place what her voice reminds me of, and I realized that she is voice twins with Alexis Bledel and sounds particularly exactly like Rory uh, in season one of Gilmore Girls. So if this is torturing you or anyone else out there, I hope this helps. Love you guys. All right, bye. Hi, Weekly. I had to literally pause the pod when Lindsay said that maybe Jonathan Chubbin just wasn't photographed going into Kim's SNL after party because I happened to be walking by Carbone during New York Fashion Week and all the Kardashian, Kim, Courtney, Travis, they all got out of SUVs and started walking into the restaurant and photographers are going crazy. Then a third SUV pulled up and Jonathan got out and all the photographers simply turned away and their job was done. So your theory has credence, Lindsay. Start to me, Bob. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, long time, long time, long time, long time. I'm calling with, uh, I'm not sure if you're still doing these, uh, but with a celebrity name blindness. Uh, mine is kind of a weird one in that it's the Crunchwrap Supreme and the Cheesy Gordita Crunch. There was a year-long period where I went to Taco Bell like three times and each time wanted a Crunchwrap Supreme, but mistakenly ordered the Cheesy Gordita Crunch because, I mean, they like sound interchangeable in my head. Always wondered if anyone else has had this problem. Uh, but yeah, that's my celebrity in blindness. Uh, grateful for Sharna. Uh, bye. 